0: Previously on, see you in another life, brothers. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, I'm uh, just baking a cake. No, don't.
1: Why? Because when you fail, you don't have what it takes. Later that day. Hey, uh, what's going on?
0: Uh, Not much, just doing some laundry.
1: No, you don't have what it takes. The next day. Hey, uh, what you up to?
0: Look, okay, I'm, I'm climbing a ladder. This is a very routine activity. I, I have what it takes, so don't even say it.
1: Okay, fine, whatever. Whatever. Ah! You should have stayed down, bro. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of We'll See You in Another Life Brothers, the show where two brothers talk about lost and stuff, but mostly lost. We we don't really talk about the, this stuff, right? It's just mostly lost, right? Maybe we'll get into some stuff today. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Oh. Yeah, we could talk about like, I don't know, politics, religion, uh, you know, others. Well, no, let's just talk about lost. I'm not we, feeling that.
0: We might, uh, yeah, we might, that might be a little too edgy for us. Let's stay in the the safe, <laughs> safe, comfortable zone of a TV series that was on like 15 years ago.
1: But let's yeah. just stick with that. That sounds good. Yes. Or maybe we'll talk about the politics of Lost. <laughs> I don't know. I, it, it doesn't feel right. No, let's just talk about Lost. Yes. So today um, we are on season one, episode five. We're already at episode five. Crazy how time flies but uh episode five of course is white rabbit the first jack episode mm. took him all the way till five to get to jack right
0: that is it is an interesting aspect of this that you know it was five episodes before we or four episodes before we get a completely jack centered story you know i mean mm-hmm uh, it's just just an interesting aspect. Uh, but the, it, it shows, you know, that they were um, going with what the story uh, needed. They weren't just saying, you know, first off, Jack is the main guy. So let's talk about him first. You know, they they had stories that made sense for Kate and then Locke and then those inform, you know, and, and allow for uh, the story in this one to, to make a lot more sense. Uh, I yeah. think, you know, it, it, feels
1: a lot better that way mm-hmm, for sure. And there's also the formula I was mentioned to you before, where it's like, I think we really, to, to do a proper Jack episode, you need to give Jack some time to get really tired and really <laughs> haggard, you know, cause otherwise it's you, what's a Jack episode without Jack losing his cool. Um, just doesn't happen. Right. So. right
0: and they so like in all these other episodes where where we're focusing on other characters, Jack is just simmering in the background and then <laughs> and then finally when it's his turn for an episode, he just he's amped up and he's tired and he's just mm-hmm. just raging so
1: yeah exactly. it was time He's like a pitcher in baseball I needs some time to warm up. <laughs> uh, he needs his off days and then on every fifth day Jack is just perfectly uh, ready to go so.
0: I like yeah. the image of Matthew Fox just in the background while all the other characters are having their time, and he's just slowly getting more and more amped up until finally
1: it's his time to shine. Exactly, he's ready to go, ready to go. So yeah, White Rabbit. Um, this is honest, personally for me, this episode is one that uh, I know I knew about. I knew it's Jack episode. I kind of remembered a few things, but one that I, I you know, I was a little surprised at at some points um as we were going through like oh yeah that's right that happens in this episode so Mm -hmm. it's uh, kind of a fun fun one to revisit for sure
0: yeah for sure i i felt the same way there there were a couple scenes throughout this where the scene began and it was like oh yeah that that's here wow you know i mean Mm -hmm. i i feel like i think of the beginning of lost and i think of the pilot and walkabout and then there's there's other storylines that are kind of there as well but those are the ones i i think of as the big moments but this one had a lot of big moments you know it's it's a it's a great episode and i feel like i forget about it because it's almost in the shadow of one of my favorite you know scenes and episodes from a series with walkabout so
1: Mm -hmm. yep very good episode um one of uh one of the good ones they're all good who am i kidding um so let's (laughs) Let's uh, just want to dive into the episode. We can talk about, let's talk about Jack. Um, yeah. So in this episode, um, we're presented, of course, with the opening, which I think is, it's a really interesting scene because we sit, get to see Jack as a kid. I think it's the only time we get to see Jack as a kid for the whole show. Mm-hmm. Um, his eye opening, laying there on in the at the playground, um, looks over and uh, poor Mark Silverman's getting getting socked <laughs> in the chest over and over again. Um, and uh, then they got the great acting job by this kid standing over him. Stay down, Jack. Um, <laughs> fantastic performance. Um, gotta love kid actors. Um,
0: <laughs> where's the Emmy?
1: Where's the <laughs> Emmy? But um, so we're presented right away with Jack. He has this choice where clearly he's already gotten, he's got the black eye a little bit already on the ground. Has the choice whether he's going to stay down or get up, um, and knowing Jack the way we already do, I don't think it's all that surprising to see him get up. And uh, he 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 can't stay down. The guy says, and of course he says, "You should have stayed down." Jack knocks him out. Um, kind of sets the tone for the episode because mm-hmm. Jack is the type who he he just he can't let himself you know he can't let someone else who's you know he sees in trouble can't let them go can't let it go that sort of thing so Mm -hmm. I thought it effectively set the tone for the episode I don't know what you think about yeah
0: yeah it's interesting because I feel like a lot of this episode gets into um like choices and decision making and and that sort of theme you know like what what choices are you going to make Um, but that scene feels more like, um, he's, he's, uh, he has a compulsion that like, he just, he has no choice. He has to get up. Um, -hmm. and, um, like, of course my friend is getting beaten up. I have to stand up even though, um, you know, this other guy standing over him obviously, uh, you know, says you're going to get beaten up if, if you choose to stand up at this point. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, of course, transitions immediately to um, Jack, adult Jack on the island, seeming to have no choice, but there's just a call to action, and he has to help someone else who's in need. Um, Yeah. Yeah, definitely an effective effective introduction to a Jack episode, for sure.
1: Yep. I think that scene, yeah, when you transition, Jack's sitting on the beach and you got that woman all the way out there that it's just an intense scene. Just mm-hmm. suddenly you're thrown into that very, um, you just put yourself in Jack's shoes in that moment. You're like, wow, that's, I, you're swimming out there. He's putting his own life at risk swimming out into that, the deep waters there, um, trying to do that. But of course it's Jack. So he's going to go out there. Um, and then of course he finds Boone. Um, and I think I liked how the, you know, he, he finds Boone, pulls him up. He learns that there's the woman still further out there mm-hmm. and uh, you see the look on Jack's face as he's kind of deciding whether to go back in or stay out there. And it's just, it's one of those where you go, what would you do? Um, mm-hmm. it's a tough, tough, tough spot. And I mean, I think, I think we can both be in agreement here. Jack made the right decision obviously to, Bring Boone back to shore. That's, I mean, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. I mean, at that point,
1: Boone was in trouble. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're you're hoping that like, man, if <laughs> it's it's so frustrating because you know you just wish there was a another option like for Jack to to somehow be able to communicate to the people at the beach. You know, there there's still someone out here. You know, is anyone else able to help or something? but yeah. They all think you know, oh, he got the person, you know, because they're That's so true. far out there. Um mm-hmm. That was one thing that I was thinking about this time watching it that, like, man, it, what a frustrating moment for him. He has to get back there and then go back out. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and the way they suspensefully have the music going and then they keep cutting between him, his face and then the woman all the way out there. Um, Yeah, it's just such a gut-wrenching moment. Um, and they, they play it very well. But yeah, it's it's heartbreaking. And, you know, what else could you do in that moment? But,
1: of course, he's going to beat himself up. <laughs> yeah, of course. But I, I think it's worth noting that, you know, in both the flashback and in the, the on-island um, thing, Jack is presented with, you know, he's he, he brings Boone back in um and he could just say okay i brought boom back in she's she's gone but instead he goes there's someone still out there he has to get back in mm-hmm. uh, in his flashback he gets up even though i mean you look at it it's it's two kids who are a lot bigger than him and mark Silver. you notice that about the those mm-hmm. kids. he has no shot he has no shot in either of them and yet jack still can't help himself but uh, dive back in he's so driven that it's impossible. He's not going to get to that woman way out there in the water, but he's got to, he's got to try. So, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and as you mentioned, that kind of brings us to the next scene where Jack and Kate have the conversation and Jack is indeed beating himself up for Mm -hmm. not. And it's not, it's interesting. It's not just he's beating himself up for not, you know, for letting her drown. He's beating himself up for not even talking to her. You know, it's that in the dialogue, he's like, yeah, six days. And I didn't say a single word to her, that whole thing. It's like, he's everything about it. He's just, I could have done more. I could have spoken to her as if that would change the outcome that, you know, if that would have prevented her (laughs) from passing away. He's just, he's, you know, beating himself up, being way too hard on himself. I think we can, both agree, right? It's just mm-hmm. way too hard on himself about this whole thing. But that's Jack, you know. Mm-hmm. He he says, I didn't try. I decided not to go after her. You know, that's his line to Kate. Kate says, you tried, but no, he, he, he can't get over the fact that he decided to do something that led to her death, that sort
0: mm-hmm. of thing. Well, yeah, it's just, it's interesting because, yeah, it feels like, Um, when, you know, when, uh, you've messed up and then everything else you've done, um, around that screw up feels like a failure, uh, is what this Mm -hmm. scene feels like to me where he, you know, like, it doesn't matter that he didn't talk to her before this, um, in the scheme of, you know, like he wouldn't have been able to prevent her death if he had talked with her, but, he sees that as a failure, and then he sees, yeah, the decision he made that led to her death as a failure. Mm-hmm. um, and he's saying he's he's lying, you know, by saying, I didn't even try and all that because he did. You know, obviously he he went back out into the water after Boone was safe. Um, but in this moment, it I feel like a, a larger theme of the episode is that Jack doesn't believe in himself in a lot of Mm. this, you know, that he, um, he only believes in his, like he, he only sees his failures. Uh, he only emphasizes those in his eyes. So in this moment, after, afterwards he's emphasizing the failure when he did save someone's life today. Um, you know, and he, he should at least, Give that some ground, you know, you, you should at least focus on the fact that Boone is breathing um, when they could have lost two people um, that day. But yeah, it's just it's interesting to see uh, what how they begin to introduce this theme um, throughout the episode of Jack focusing on his failures as well as the decisions that he made along the way.
1: Yeah. And I also, yeah, I think you're, uh, it can, conti- he continues to go back to his failures, but I think it, it, this scene, I was no, I was paying attention to whenever Jack noticed it, whenever Jack sees his father on the Island, you know, whenever he, he sees mm-hmm. him show up and I've no- I noticed the pattern. Um, and it, it actually stems back to the last episode we were talking about and walk about, um, the first time Jack sees his father. Um, in that episode, he and Kate are talking about Locke right before um, he sees his father, and they're saying that Jack, Kate tells him Locke died, and Jack is just he. I, 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 you don't notice it in the, I, you know, I didn't pay a lot of attention to it, but Jack is, I think he's doing the same thing he does with Diane with uh, Joanna, the woman who drowned,
2: mm. in
1: that moment where he's like, Locke died. I could have done more to save Locke, um, mm. and then he sees his father. Um, and then of course in, in this scene with Kate, um, he's beaten himself up. He says, I didn't, I didn't try. Uh, I decided not to go after her. And then that's when he sees his father. Hmm. Um, and the way I interpret that and you know, it kind of goes into my interpretation, his father, the way I see it, it's the monster showing up as his father. And I think later in the, in the series, we kind of get support for that. But mm-hmm. in this, in this episode, it's the monster showing up at when he's at his weakest, when he's at his most isolated or his most vulnerable, because Jack is, um, you know, he that's when he's experiencing his greatest fear, which is failure. Um, and that's when the monster knows he can prey on that because guess who he's showing up as, as we find out (laughs) the man who instilled that in him, his father. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's the way I'm kind of seeing that, uh, playing out there. But
0: I think um, that totally makes
1: sense. I mean, yeah, it, that is interesting that like,
0: because that makes sense of the fact that, um, he showed up in the previous episode too. Um, You know, in that and in the moment that he did was when they, you know, thought that Locke was gone and Jack, you know, was thinking like, oh, I should have I could have done more. Um, I really like that interpretation because it just gives gives more um, substance to it uh, other than, um, oh, Jack is hallucinating or, oh, it's just the man in black, uh, the monster, you know, just doing something um, to mess with him, you know, it's, uh, it's strategic then. And I like that, uh, that way of seeing it. it. That just makes a lot more sense.
1: Yeah. It's like what Locke is pointing out to Jack later in the episode where he says, what would you say as a doctor? And he says, just a hallucination. He says, but what if, what if it's not, it's kind of looking at that going, what if there's a reason for this? And so, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. But, um, so we move from that scene with Kate, where um, Jack is shut off to Kate. Kate, I think it's also important to note in that scene, Kate's trying to reach out to Jack. Kate's trying to help him. And Jack just is shut completely shut off to Kate. Mm. Um, and then he's just going about his own thing. Um, and of course, then he's presented with the big conundrum of the episode, the big <laughs> theme, water. Um Curly and Charlie come up to him um, looking for guidance on how to deal with the fact they only have a suitcase full of water left, which, oh boy, that's a big one. Um, which
0: like kudos to the, the writers for thinking of realistic um, mm-hmm. issues that they would come across, you know, within just a few days of being stranded there. Like, yeah, they not only do they need food, which they needed in the last episode, but now they need water. You know, they're, They weren't counting on being here for more than, you know, a couple days. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I just think that's kind of kind of cool that it wasn't they didn't just immediately jump into all the mysteries of the island. And then all these other issues are, you know, kind of sidelined. It's like there's a whole episode about they just need water.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it is interesting that, you know, Walkabout, the episode we just talked about, is that's basically about food. Mm -hmm. And this one's about they need food. And then they need water as the progression would go, you know, you run out of food first, that's, and then you run out of water. Mm -hmm. So yeah, very, uh, you know, you don't, you think about lost as sort of this mystical, you know, island drama, that sort of thing. But they did a good job of keeping it realistic as far as that goes, I think in the early Mm -hmm. on, like you're saying so, but yeah. So they only have that much water left and Hurley and Charlie trying to see what Jack wants to do. Um, and they say, well, what are we going to do? And Jack's, Jack says, I don't know. And he's completely dismissing it. And, um, he leaves it off with, I think the really telling line, um, where he says, I'm looking for it in my notes. I'm not deciding anything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and they go, why? And then he just leaves, um, which of course then leads into the flashback. But Jack's clearly Jack um, doesn't want to be, doesn't want any part of this, doesn't want to make any more any decisions. Um, and I think there's other, also a little bit in the dialogue that I appreciated in that scene where they're talking about the water. Um, Hurley and Charlie said, um, There's, I forget which one, someone says, We're 47 of us. And then Jack says, 46. Mm. There are 46 of us now. And that's clearly on his mind as, you know, they're discussing this issue. He's dwelling on his failure and he's now presented with another decision and he doesn't want any part of it because he doesn't want to fail again. You
2: know, mm-hmm. that's
1: what we're
0: seeing yeah. here. Yeah, in this whole thing, you know, once again, they're they're talking about we we need to do something about these people. You know, there there's still a group of 40 some people um, that need help. Um, but because of what just happened, because of the failure he sees, Jack is only thinking about the one person that's no longer there. Um, and that's, that basically shuts him down to being able to make any decisions at that point. And, um, yeah. yeah. And then very clearly goes into the flashback, uh, with his dad and, um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And that whole situation of his dad just being a jerk. Um, (laughs)
1: Yeah, we get, we get Christian Shepard for the first time. Um, It just, it's a big moment because, you know, Jack, Jack and Christian, Jack Jack and his father, big thing throughout the whole series. Um, So I think this is, this scene, this first intro scene, it's a really interesting um, dynamic. It sets up between the two of them. It's sort of, you know, you can watch it and go, wait, what what is his father telling him mm-hmm. here? What what advice is he giving him? Because Jack comes in and he uh, tells him about how a couple bullies were beating up his friend, and that he stepped in to try to help his friend. Basically, his dad says you shouldn't have done that. Right? Mm-hmm. It's it, it just kind of a, um, I kind of equate. I think about it, and I kind of equate it to. <laughs> the movie man of steel you know where oh yeah yeah Kevin Costner is uh, (laughs) Clark Kent's dad tells or you know Paw Kent or whatever says maybe you shouldn't have saved those people in that bus (laughs) that sort of thing (laughs) not the same obviously but it it, it reminded me of that where you're going you know it's it's a noble thing to do right Mm -hmm. um but yeah I mean isn't it
0: at least you know it isn't the right thing to do to at least try, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I actually, as you were describing this scene, it did remind me of that. <laughs> I I was thinking of the man of steel thing too. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's interesting to see um, uh, this introduction to um, the first of many father figures uh, on this series who are um, not good uh, mm-hmm. and for him to, yeah, it's, it's kind of a surprisingly harsh scene. Um, I've always thought of this scene as like, like, is he really telling him you don't have what it takes, you know, just flat out. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's, it's just bad, you know, I mean, it, it, like it, it sets up a lot of the character. Like it's a good scene as far as the, Um, writing and the setup for where the series will go but it just oh man it just hurts when you think of um and you see the ramifications for it for Jack throughout his life you know he's just continuing to dwell on um I don't have what it takes uh I'm I focus on you know, what is lacking uh, and what I need to be able to fix. And so he's always focusing on just trying to fix things. Um, but yeah, it's just a surprisingly just intense scene with his dad.
1: Yeah. I, and, and, you know, yeah. And it, it, on the, on the surface, this scene, I, I, it's bad. It's just a bad parenting. You could call it um, mm-hmm. where he's, but it's interesting because i would kind of push back against it being completely bad what christians is doing but mm-hmm. christian i think and the way i was watching it i watched it a couple times this week it's bad communication but it's it because okay so what he's saying to jack is um He's telling him about the, the boy on his table who died, you know, he says. And he, he was able to, you know, the, the boy didn't make it, but he was able to come home, you know, have a, have a drink, enjoy Carol Burnett, that sort of thing. Um, and he says, uh, even when I fail, how do I do that? Because I have what it takes. And he says, don't choose, Jack. Don't decide. You don't want to be a hero. You don't want to save everyone. Because when you fail, you just don't have what it takes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that line, the 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 first half of the sentence, because when you fail, you just don't have what it takes. Um, I think Jack only heard the second half, Mm -hmm. but the first half is kind of important. It's he's basically saying, you you're too you. It's gonna eat you alive basically this desire to save everyone because you don't have what it takes to let you, you're too, you're, you, you're too gung ho about, you know, at wanting to save everyone. There's such a thing as, um, wanting it too much.
0: Hmm. But, and in yeah. that scenario then, so that's really interesting. So in a way he's, you know, almost, uh, you know, I think later in the series, they get into how Jack doesn't have good like bedside manner. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way, his dad doesn't either because he's telling him, you know, he's trying to help in a way by saying, you shouldn't do this because it will be bad for you. You know, he he's actually saying, you, um, you will dwell on that failure or, or something along those lines. Um and that will lead you to bad places. Um, yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it it, it does just sound harsh.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: that that's a really that makes a lot of sense. That's man, yeah. that's hard but, as a kid to hear.
1: <laughs> I think it's also important to point out in the scene what's Christian doing. He's drinking. He's got mm. that glass that you know he's got the the, the ice that sound effect there that opens Mm -hmm. the scene. I think it's telling where Christian's saying, I have what it takes to let this go. What what does he have in his hand? He has (laughs) a glass of alcohol. That's Mm. what it takes, right? Because he can't handle it. That's the thing that, you know, Christian says, I have what it takes, but he's drinking himself to death because Mm. he can't let go. The only way he's found to let go is he's drinking Um, and so he, he, he's lying to his son basically, but he's also trying to protect his son by saying, don't, don't follow my path because, you know, I've become this doctor who's trying to save everyone and it's ruining Mm -hmm. my life. I don't want you to, I think, I think Christian didn't want Jack to become a doctor almost, but Jack, he, he, and he turned him into a doctor by basically telling him what not to do. Mm Um, so it's just kind of it's, and I think you know Jack misinterpreted his father's warning as a challenge, right? Yeah. Where he he's like, "Oh, I don't have what it takes." You don't think I have what it takes? I've, I'll show you I have what it takes. I'll become the greatest spinal surgeon you've ever known. Um, and you know it clearly. He, as we see with Jack, he goes down the same sort of path as his father
2: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah this is a scene that kind of it's it's well very well written and very well executed it sets up both of those characters trajectories well you know I mean for for Jack this will propel him you know in a lot of ways or foreshadow a lot of the ways that he will you know fail or uh, continue to pursue things uh, throughout his life and then you know with that view of christian saying you know i have what it takes while he's holding a drink and explaining that to his son um Mm -hmm. you know obviously he ends up drinking himself to death you know i mean it's um Mm -hmm. it's interesting to see yeah it's just just a very good good scene setting up uh both of those stories very well
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and I i like the writing too the writing is well done where you know Hurley and Charlie are trying to have Jack make a decision and then we come to the flashback where his father literally tells him don't choose don't decide um just really well done where it's flowing really well from one thing into the next the whole episode just flows really well from flashback to island it all kind of melds together um Mm -hmm. yeah I agree I know we talked about when, when we were talking about doing this show Uh, this podcast we were talking about, well, maybe we should do it like structure the episode where we talk about the character on the Island and then we talk about off the Island and then we talk about everyone else, you know, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But I think this one, they're too intertwined. And we're probably going to find that again and again, where it's just the flashback and the, and the on Island stuff, they work way too well together to talk about one and then talk about the other. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: For sure. So then we come back to um, Jack on the Island um, sitting there kind of stewing in that whole thing. And then he's um, confronted by Boone, um, which is an interesting scene. Um, I know we, you, we've talked about it already where Boone is like <laughs> we, we've established Boone is Jack without the, you know, the experience or the know-how. Mm-hmm. Um so Boone is really angry at Jack for um, saving him and not the woman, um, because he said, "I was fine. You should have saved her," um, which is completely unfair. I mean, we're a <laughs> drowning, dude. Right? Yep. Yep. Um, it, it's funny to see
0: uh, Boone, yeah, who we've characterized that way in relation to Jack, who is also mad at Jack for not saving, <laughs> for not saving the girl. Um even though, you know, like he saved your life, you know, be show him give him a little credit. But yeah, yeah. both both of them are mad about similar things.
1: <laughs> yep. So and I think the conversation is kind of fascinating. The the line that I wrote down stuck out stuck out to me was um where uh, Boone says, um he says, What gives you the right? Who appointed you our savior? Mm-hmm. Um and it, right then that's when Jack once again sees his father in the jungle. Um, which I think is important because it's it's Jack is, you know, Boone is really kind of pressing on a nerve for Jack where he's like he's getting him at that uh sensitive part where he's like, Who did appoint me the savior? Why am I in this position? Why should I be a leader? And, of course, then he sees his father because he's at his weakest point. Um, And then, of course, he goes running after him into the jungle of mystery. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Well, um, I think running into the jungle of mystery, it looks like we're about at time for uh, to take a bit of a commercial break. uh, (laughs) That sounds good to you.
0: That's an appropriate
1: time, of course. What will happen to Jack? Will he survive? Find out. When we come back on, um, see you in another life, brothers, I guess. Was that good? <laughs> that was great. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. Welcome back to We'll See You in Another Life, Brothers. Um, when we left off, Jack had just run into the jungle of mystery after his father. What shall happen next? Ooh, I'm on the edge of my seat. I don't know about you.
0: <laughs> I am... Yeah, I am ready to ready to find out uh, after all this suspense. Um, and everyone who's listening to this, they're just ready for us to tell them.
1: Yeah, well, I do think that um, that is a thing. You take it for granted that it's his dad on the jungle. We we his dad showing up on the island.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but if you're watching that for the first time, that's the big reveal right there. You know, he runs into the jungle and then turns around. There's his dad looking a little older than before. Um, And uh, I think uh, Matthew Fox pretty much sold it. That's how you would respond if you saw your dead father on a (laughs) mysterious island. That's fallen backwards. Um, Completely shocked. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Matthew uh, Fox does a good, good, very good job in this episode. Um, Very believable that he is running on very little sleep and is very exhausted and, and all of that. And now seeing, yeah, the ghost of his father.
1: I wonder if they, uh, the, the creators of the show knew they'd need to have a guy who could act so burned out so often um, if, <laughs> <laughs> when they, when they cast uh, Matthew Fox, I wonder if they are like, okay, Matthew, how would you, how would you act if you only got two hours of sleep for a week? Um, <laughs> I bet they, I bet they had some idea that we need this, we need this guy to be high strung. Yeah. I got him
0: at least, you know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, uh, from that very first episode, you know, I, I remember us talking about the scene where, uh, he and Kate were, where Kate is stitching up his back and all that. He, he feels very believable, very intense, but also just a little bit like he might be crazy. Um, mm-hmm. And from the beginning, mm-hmm. there there was a little bit of that, um, not because he's not because he's a crazy person, but because he's so driven and so intense that you're just yeah. kind of like, oh, is is he about to go off the deep end? You know, <laughs> um, and this episode is definitely a good example of that for
1: sure. Yeah, he's a he's a few fries short of a happy meal <laughs> um, in this episode anyway. He's a very competent doctor, normally. Normally, you know. Um, so, now he runs into the jungle um, after his father, and then we get the flashback um, with uh, his, his mom. We get to meet Jack's mom. Um, mm-hmm. One of the few times we actually get to... She gets a few lines here. Um, but uh, I think this scene... Um, it's interesting because... I don't know if you had, you had the same response, but Jack's mom. I, I get why he she's about as harsh as Jack's dad. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they were made for each other, right? <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, she's um, the line that I that I wrote down was uh, he was right about you. You don't understand the pressure, mm-hmm. um, which she's defending him. Um, defending Christian um, and saying yeah, it, it, uh, going after Jack about what he did to Christian, which as we find out later, of course, is Jack got, you know got him into some trouble because he you know ratted him out for drinking on the job. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's interesting here uh, that she's defending her husband over her son just kind of an interesting moment.
0: Yeah, which when you think about it, I mean, I don't I don't remember as probably as well as you like the circumstances of him like uh, you know, ratting him out or or any of that stuff, you know, but it's like um, mm. you know, I mean that, that had to be difficult and not a well not an easy thing to do for Jack and then she's just blaming him and saying, you don't know the pressure he's under and all that stuff. Regardless of, of who is in the wrong, it's just, just kind of a harsh moment. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Very similar to, to the previous flashback with his dad. Um, Yeah. yeah. Poor, poor Jack. He's, he's been through a lot of stuff, but.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting that she says, you don't understand the pressure. And then he says, Oh, I understand pressure. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's almost sort of another miscommunication here where it's like she, uh, she's going, you know, you, you don't get it. This is going to it's you're going down that same path. You don't understand the pressure. And he's like, oh, I, I get it. I have the pressure. And she's like, that's what led him down that path. Maybe you could mm-hmm. interpret it that way. Um, but so she tells him, you have to go after your father. You have to bring him back. Um, you have to do it, which is interesting. Um, you have to fix it, Jack.
2: Um, mm.
1: So once again, Jack has something he needs to fix. He's re- reluctant to do it, but he agrees to go find his father. Um, I
0: every time I watch this scene, I always <laughs> there's there's something in the back of my mind that thinks um, when when he asks like where where is he? And she says, Australia, Um, there's always in the back of my mind, like um, imagining if Matthew Fox, if it had been like a comedic scene where he goes, where is he? And she's like, Australia. And he's just like, oh, yeah, I really can't do that. (laughs) You know, that that is way too far for me to travel. (laughs) I can't
1: Uh, picture it as Larry David. Oh yeah. I can't I can't go all the way out there. Uh, it is, uh, yeah. Yep. That would be that would be a great parody.
0: I mean it, it is really just kind of like you know, I mean he's he's going off and drinking and doing a bunch of stuff, so you think like, oh maybe he's in the next town over or something. No, he's he's in another part of the world. Another part Jeez.
1: of the world. You gotta go all the way to Australia to bring back your father. Yep. Now, so, so then um, I guess that brings us back to the island where Jack is still f- chasing after um, his dead island dad. Um, and uh, I think it's interesting. You no, know, he's, he's chasing after him, He turns around, he sees him, um, and then he runs. It, it's interesting to watch the scene because you're really disoriented. I'm trying to keep track of where everything's going in the scene. Mm. and i think i the way i see it in the scene he turns around is his the dad his dad standing there facing away from him and so jack runs to that point and i don't know if this is right but it seems like right when he gets to that point that's when he trips mm-hmm. right where his father was standing which um he trips and then of course he falls and that leads him down to almost fall to his death um which goes to my point that uh Basically, the way I interpret it, the the monster is taking the form of his dad to try to get to lure him to that point to try to get him to kill him, basically off himself, right?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And uh, for reasons that we eventually find out where the why the monster wants Jack to off himself, that's way down the line, of course, but we won't get into that. But um, so yeah, Jack almost falls off a cliff, kind of crazy. Yeah,
0: and this is. This is a scene that, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's right. And I think that, you know, it, it definitely seems like because the monster is like moving in different places and disorienting him and then he trips and almost falls to his death, it does feel like, like that was maybe plan A for the monster and mm-hmm. just get rid of him. Mm-hmm. And then I wonder if from there... Um, maybe even as a result of like the uh, the conversation that Jack has with Locke, or or something, mm-hmm. then maybe the plan changes and he decides he's going to try and manipulate Jack further um, mm-hmm. and and lead him to the water and and all of that stuff, or or something along those lines. Uh, you know, I mean, there's because it's not never clearly like specified you know, it it makes me, I I feel like we, it's open to interpretation, but, but yeah, I definitely feel like he was trying to make him go off the cliff. Um, and just a a funny thing about this scene as well. Um, did you notice the very clear stunt double
1: in the scene where Jack (laughs) is hanging off the cliff? Oh no, I was too invested in, will Jack die or not? (laughs) (laughs) There's a,
0: there's a shot. I, I re re round it to see, you know, like, uh, if I was, if I was just imagining it, but if you, there's an overhead shot of Jack hanging off the cliff. Um, and if you pause it, it's like, it's actually really surprising to me how clear it is that it's a stunt double. (laughs) Like it is definitely not Matthew Fox hanging off the cliff. Like, you see his face um, for a split mm-hmm. second, but um, just just kind of one of those funny things where it's like, um, this show is so, so precise with so many details, but, you know, stuff will slip through on, on any series. Mm-hmm. So,
1: but... You mean Matthew doesn't do his own stunts? Oh. Well, at least not that one, but... Matthew. <laughs> That's okay. I still like him. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, he's hanging there or his stunt double's hanging there. <laughs> and uh I think it's important that uh the reason he doesn't perish, of course, is that Locke is the one who pulls him up. Um which I like I like your point about, you know, it you can the debate about whether, you know, the monster had Locke save him because the you know, maybe now Locke is trying to is going to convince him of the monster or Orlock saves him. And it's a force of good, that sort of thing. Mm. It's, 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 there's a lot of ambiguity, which is why I love the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point is Locke saves him. Um, community is what saves Jack. He, he went off on his own mm. and then, you know, it had, it, there had to be another person there. Otherwise he would have died alone. Hmm. That's mm-hmm. an interesting phrase. Sounds familiar. If that'll come in, come in handy later. Um, yeah. But uh, instead, he lives together hmm, with Locke. Um, (laughs) And uh, so Locke saves him. And then we get the the, just the super cool sort of like Jedi Master um, uh, apprentice sort of scene between Locke and Jack. That's Mm -hmm. the way I kind of look at it. Oh, yeah. Super cool scene. Yeah. Because this is really the first scene we get between the two of them, which, and it eventually becomes this awesome thing where, you know, you just, they do a great job later in the series where you're like, Jack and Locke scenes become super rare and when they happen, it's just epic. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of the first one we get uh, between the two of them. But
0: yeah, like... I, I love the dynamic between the two and both actors play off each other so well. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I just love in this scene the way that um, it I feel like without being... Uh, overt or like too subtle um they incorporate the the themes of the whole episode so well into their dialogue like
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, i think at one moment jack literally says um you know uh i'll fail i don't have yeah. what it takes um mm-hmm. and i missed it i actually went back and this this was the scene that after i'd finished the episode i was like i feel like i should go back and watch that scene again. Cause I feel like there was a lot going on and I had missed that line in the first viewing and I had never noticed it in previous viewings. You know, the fact that Jack is quoting his father yeah. back to himself and to lock here. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. it seems to me like this is um, the point where, you know, I mean it, this conversation eventually leads to um Locke saying a leader can't lead until uh, he knows where he's going and that whole thing. And I feel like the trajectory of, of Jack's, you know, character development in this episode, this conversation is the turning point because up until this point, he hasn't, you know, in my interpretation of, of things, I feel like Jack hasn't thought of himself as a leader, Mm -hmm. but only as, a guy who just knows that he needs to get stuff done. He he needs to to fix things. He needs to just keep pressing forward. Um, but now people are looking to him as the guy who needs to make decisions. And finally, someone, um, Locke, points to him and says, um, "You know, you. I feel like because of this conversation, Jack." has the opportunity to believe, you know, there, there might be something here for me in leading people. Mm -hmm. Um, there, there might be, there might actually be opportunity. Like what if I don't fail? What if I, um, actually find some, some way to lead these people? Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like there, there's so much that goes into this scene and that's, I feel like that's like one little thing that happens almost. Um, but there is so much going on here. Um, and in, in this viewing, I feel like that's what stood out to me, but, but yeah, what are, yeah. what are your thoughts on the whole, uh,
1: conversation between these two? I should have, you know, it would be nice to have just a transcript of this whole, the dialogue, like you're saying between mm-hmm. the two of them, because there's so much, there, it's so rich, it's just everything, it, there's every line you could dissect it in this scene. Mm-hmm. I think I agree that, uh, it's interesting that, you know, Jack says, I'll fail. I don't have what it takes. Like you're saying, he's quoting his father. He's actually misquoting his father, which is interesting Mm. because he's saying I'll fail. I don't have what it takes. And his father told him when you fail, you don't have what it takes. Uh, Yeah. Which is very different because his father is telling him you will fail. Um, It's not like this is a not a challenge to not fail. This is a challenge to when you fail, have what it takes Um, because it's inevitable. You're not going to save everyone. You're not going to, you know. Um, So Jack is lost in that sense still, you know, because he's, he can't, he's still misinterpreting what his father says, and that's really driving everything he's doing. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, then we get Locke coming to him, um, and it's, it's just a great, Locke is so likable Mm -hmm. in so many, the way he interacts with so many characters, you know, ever since, you know, we, we get walkabout, which is really his awakening episode. And then throughout season one, we'll continually have it over and over again, where he's interacting with characters and he's sort of opening their eyes to, you know, they're, they're closed off to Jack's closed off to it here. He says, I'm going crazy. And he says, no, there's something more. Mm. And he's opening their eyes. Um, he does it so beautifully in this scene where he's like, you know, what if everything happens for a reason? Which is, you know, a way to reframe it and turn something hopeless into something hopeful. Um, but of course, then there's the conflict. Locke is doing something beautiful, but it, there's also just the. The line that, uh, you know, we'll see again and again and again over and over again and like previously on Lost and everything where he says, (laughs) but this place is different. It's special. We all know it. We all feel it. Um, He says, I've looked into the eye of this island and what I saw was beautiful, Mm. which is referencing him seeing the monster, which is just you go, oh, that's such a nice sentiment. But you realize he didn't look into the eye of the island he looked at the the antagonist of the island and the, the antagonist fooled him into thinking oh this is the beautiful thing and the, this is the pinnacle of this island this is what it's all about
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, so there's that tension where it's like you know Locke has, Locke has pure intentions Locke is a good guy but it's tainted right um okay. And so there's that tension in Lost where it's, you know, it's not entirely good. It's not entirely bad. It's just, it's just a great moment with a whole lot of meaning in there. And we could, I mean, we could debate it for hours, right? Yeah. Well,
0: and it's cool because I feel like that's one thing, you know, as we're talking about with the whole series in mind with our rewatch, I feel like, um, You could easily get, um, completely taken up in the, you know, uh, the monster and what does it mean and what are the, Mm -hmm. what does the island mean and all of that stuff? Because I mean, like that's the, the large mystery that's so fun to theorize Mm -hmm. about and it is fun. And, you know, like, I think that's, I mean, that's part of why we wanted to do a podcast. It's just fun to talk about all that stuff. Um, But also, like, Lost is a series about human beings, good characters, you know, good and bad, and how they um, interact and continue on in the midst of all that stuff, how they Mm -hmm. press forward and try to make sense of um, what is happening around them. And I think, you know, people lose can lose sight of the fact that this series is about, you know, Jack and Locke and not quite as much about, um, you know, in in the overall grand scheme of things, it's about the Island and it's about all of the mystery and stuff. But I feel like people forget about the fact that it's also like centrally about these people and what they do, um, because of all that stuff and how they, um, live and carry on. Um, in the midst of a monster on an Island or seeing a ghost of a person, like, what do you do in that cir- uh, circumstance? But
1: yeah. Yeah. There's the, the mysteries of the Island. There's the monster, there's everything, but yeah, I, I like what you, the way you put it, it's Jack and Locke, their relationship. It starts here where Jack is, Jack is troubled. Jack is burned out. Jack is at his wits end and Locke comes to him, and he looks at him, and he says, "Look at this island.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: beautiful." And he's trying to, he's trying to open his, open Jack's mind up. He's trying, he's not just trying to open Jack's mind up, but he's trying to have connection. You know, that's what Locke is all. He's trying to have a connection between him and Jack.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think it, you know, in this scene at the end of it, you know, I, 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 I was thinking about it. I'm like, Jack actually does come a little bit over to what Locke is saying because you know Jack wants to go with him at the end and Locke says no you should stay mm-hmm. I'm thinking why Jack didn't go with him Jack didn't go back Jack stayed mm-hmm. and and that that to me is evidence of you know there is something in Jack that wanted what Locke was saying to be true um and of course he's also seeing his dead father so he's like, maybe there is something to this <laughs> um so.
0: One, interesting. one last uh, aspect of this, because because of that moment, you know, where Jack is like, oh, I'll come back with you. And, and Locke says, no, you need to you need to stay and like see this through. I, I just love the fact that Locke tells um, Kate and Saeed, like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get the doctor and we're, you know, we're going to figure this stuff out. And he finds Jack and then he's like, no, no, no. Go chase that ghost. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, do do your thing. And, uh, and we'll be fine. And it's like, well, (laughs) you know, the doctor is kind of essential to, (laughs) to keeping mm -hmm. everyone alive. And, you know, he's presented Jack with this very kind of logical, um, conversation, you know, like, well, what would you say as a doctor and everything? And then Mm -hmm. suddenly says like, well, what if, what if it is true? What if what you're seeing is actually real? You should go follow him. And, yeah. you know, and you need to see this through. Um, I just love, <laughs> I just love Locke. It's, it's yeah, just yeah, kind yeah. of a funny, um, you know, turn of events that he's like, no, no, no. Stay out in the, stay out in the jungle. Figure, figure your stuff out and then you can come home.
1: Yeah. And you bring up a, a good point. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that scene with him and Kate and Saeed, Locke, Kate and Saeed. Where at the end of it, he says, I I know where to look. Mm. He's going after Jack and I'm going, what? How do you know where to look? And that just makes me think, well, he's had, well, he's had communion with this island, but he's also had, you know, the monster. I'm like, is the monster guiding Locke? That's one thing Mm. that's interesting in the series. You kind of like, is the the monster having kind of an influence on him? Um, But at the same time, you think, why would the monster tell Locke to go after Jack? Because, you know, the monster's going to kill Jack. So sure. Locke is complicated because obviously he's in tune with the island. As we see later, he knows when it's going to rain. Um, mm-hmm. He's also been mani- being manipulated by the monster. So just kind of an interesting little line that I love that they put it in there where, you know, you might kind of glance over it at first watching. You might think oh, that's kind of a weird line, but you wouldn't think much more of it. But subsequent viewings, you go huh yeah that's interesting Mm -hmm. um yeah and then your point about Locke. (laughs) yeah Locke (laughs) is not a team player at all um (laughs) he's i'm i'm gonna go on my theory continually here that he does not catch another boar the rest of the series (laughs) he's not he's faking like he's the hunter but he's really just you know trying to find out more about this monster and trying to figure out more about this Island, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. He says he's going to go after the doctor, but he really just wants to, you know, explore this more, you know, I'm like, yeah, everyone will be fine. I don't need to bring the doctor back. You know, Claire could die of dehydration. Eh, not a big deal. He got some water off a of leaf. He, he that's true. Anything, you know, that's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and he did keep him out there so that Jack could find water. So, Give him some credit. Maybe he knew that would happen. Who knows? Who knows with Locke? Locke works in mysterious ways. He's a wild card. He's a wild card. But that brings us to, you know, Jack does stay out there. And it brings me to a scene that I kind of overlooked. I've overlooked before. Um, it's the combination of the on-island, off-island. Jack's sitting in the jungle at night. You know, he's got the fire going. And then we cut to the flashback of him going to the morgue. Um, A scene that you could look over um, on rewatches, because you know his dad's dead already. You know Mm -hmm. that. And you could just kind of say, oh yeah, this is where he finds out his dad died. But the thing about it that stuck out to me, on my I watched it one time and then I watched it again, and I I, I paid attention to the fact that it's interesting that that Jack um, in the scene, you know, in his... um, his, he's in the morgue. They open up, the show him the body, and then he starts to cry. He's like, and then it cuts beautifully to Jack on the island. Same expression, same crying, mm-hmm. which indicates, of course, that that's what he's think. That's what he's remembering. And, mm-hmm. You know, he, he's thinking of that moment. Um, and that's when his dad shows up again, mm. which. And you know, as I've established already, the the the, the pattern really is, it's whenever Jack thinks about who he couldn't save, he thought about when Lo- he couldn't save Locke. Locke, he thought Locke was dead. He couldn't save Joanna. Um, Boone says, "Who appointed you our savior?" He's like, "I can't save them." He's having that same feeling about his dad. Mm. He couldn't save his dad, um, which. I don't think I I framed it that way before, but really that's Jack is holding himself responsible for his father's death. Mm -hmm. And that's, he's like just another one I couldn't save. Um, So I think that that's what that indicated to me.
0: Um, I love that interpretation. I mean, that makes so much sense. You know, it's just following in, in the same pattern that we've already seen. Um, And, And I mean, like the flashback and everything indicates that you know that he he's dwelling on that moment um, and thinking about uh, that here at the fire, and then he sees his dad again. Um, Yeah, I I think that's really cool.
1: Mm Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know you had any other thoughts on that scene, but that that it's one you kind of overlook, right? Is oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean,
0: I didn't. I didn't really think much of it. Yeah. Even this time. And mm-hmm. other than the fact that, um, I think the only thing I, you know, I try and take some notes as I'm watching the episodes to remember stuff. The only thing I wrote about that whole scene was Matthew Fox is so good at crying. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. He's, that, I mean, I, he'll prove that again and again, but what a, what a great crier. He's just somehow he's able to do it um and show so much emotion and not be like i don't know i mean it, it's like funny but it's also like he's just such a good actor
2: mm-hmm.
1: yep yep and of course yeah I, it's just a i agree i wrote that too i'm like the first time i was watching through the Mork scene. i'm just like matthew fox great i mean that's brilliant acting um mm-hmm. but then you know he that he hears his father again gets up and goes to run after him with the torch um I think and this this part where he you now he's going after his dad and then he stumbles on the caves. I think it's it's interesting because and i've I've you know you can interpret it different ways. did the monster lead him to the caves in the water mm. or did Jack start to go after the monster, and decide instead to go to the caves? Um, when mm. he got this, you know, did the, did the caves distract him and from you know what he thought was his quest, which was to just continue to chase after his father? Um, That's interesting. Yeah, I I tend to lean toward the latter interpretation, mm-hmm. where it it distracted him. I don't think the monster would have led him to water. I think the monster intended to continue to try to lead him to death. Mm. Um, but I think Jack decided, which I think is a key word because that's a word that's been used throughout the episode where his father told him not to decide. Um, and he just didn't want to decide. He decides to go into the caves instead. Mm. And that's what leads him to the water. Um, It's him rejecting this urge. He feels like he has to continually try to run after his father. Um, But which of course then leads him to what, what as Locke was alluding to, you need to know what you're looking for. And -hmm. he finds it in the cave. So that's
0: really interesting. I, I think that makes a lot of sense of like the issue that I was thinking through earlier with, Um, you know, does the, does the monster, you know, want him to go off the cliff and then change his mind? And then, you know, um, because leading him to water, I feel like that's, it's almost like we've got two episodes in a row of, um, the monster seemingly providing for, Mm -hmm. you know, these, these characters with Locke and Jack, but actually there's a sinister, you know, um, reasoning behind them instead. I think that makes a lot of sense. I feel like there's, there could also be, um, you know, I, I wonder, I feel like if the, if the monster is just trying to mess with Jack, there could also be, I, I think I like your interpretation the best because I like the fact that it continues the decision-making, uh, motif like yeah. through to the end um and jack has made a decision here mm-hmm. but i i also wonder if there's the possibility that the monster was not so much leading him to the water mm-hmm. but leading him to the casket
1: to make yeah. him lose his mind
0: <laughs> you and know that's,
1: yeah that's a really good point cuz i've wondered i've been thinking about the casket at the end there that's one that's always kind of stumped me where i'm like you know We have this, he's found the water, this is the happy ending. And then he finds the casket. And I've always kind of struggled with how to interpret that. He opens it, the body's not there, and then he destroys it. It's. I do think that there might be some merit to that. Maybe that's what the monster wanted him to find because that, you know, instead of finding closure by finding his father's body in there, he finds nothing Mm. indicating that, hey, I'm still out here, buddy. I'm going to be out here haunting you um, for as long as you're on this island. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe that you've got me kind of going back to that interpretation a little bit where the monster wanted him to find it.
0: Well, um, I I also wonder, you know, I mean, there's there's lots of different possibilities. And, and with you, I like the fact that, you know, it's open to interpretation in some ways. But mm-hmm. um I feel like there's also the opportunity with that, you know, if if it was the monster's intention to lead him to that the casket and all of that stuff, um, there is the opportunity that um, for the decision-making, you know, theme to still continue to that point because Jack, you know, inst- rather than become consumed with this whole thing with his dad he chooses to um, dwell on the fact that, no, I found water here. Um, mm-hmm. And it's almost like um, he just needed to get that beating out of his system, <laughs> beating yeah. the, the casket. And then he can, now he can lead the people like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in, in that theory, you know, maybe that monster wasn't counting on lock Locke's influence on Jack and, helping him to know, you know, you need to figure out where you're leading these people uh, Mm -hmm. and all of that. Um, I don't know. I I love the fact that there's a lot of different things that could be going on though. Um, Mm -hmm. And that it's not just, you know, Oh, here's the answer and the monster shows up later and explains it to him, you know, exactly what was going on, but.
1: Yeah. Well, and that brings, uh, bring up a good point about, um, why Jack destroys the coffin, why he decides to go back to the, it, We have that one last flashback um, with him in the airport, um, mm. yelling at the, the, pe- the person at the desk, um, which it's a, it's a great scene. Of course it's, you know, very memorable, but I think the line at the end that is telling is he says, I need to bury him. I need it to be done. Mm-hmm. I need it to be over. I need to bury my father. Um, he he just he there's something within Jack that just says, I need to end this. I need to get away from my father and just move on for good or bad, because you think about that, is it good for him to let go of his father or is it bad for him to let go of his father because if he's letting go, he's like, I need to I need it to be over, I need to bury him so that I can go on and you know, keep on my trajectory towards burning myself out Mm. that's bad Uh, if I need to let go of that side of me that continues to hold on to him um, uh, challenging me whether or not he was actually challenging me that's also that that's good because so it's kind of ambiguous him destroying the I think it connects with him destroying the coffin there that's him saying it's over Mm. Um, or not, or yes, I don't know. who <laughs> knows what that means in that scene, but it, it's clear what's clear about it is it's Jack just getting it out of his system mm-hmm. so that he can go lead everyone um because that's exactly what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, so quite a scene, quite an episode. um well, I, I think um, we're about due for another break. Um, why don't we take a quick commercial break and we'll come back and finish off White Rabbit. How's that sound? Sounds great. Okay, we'll be right back with more White Rabbit. Hey everyone, welcome back to We'll See You in Another Life Brothers. Uh, We're talking of course about White Rabbit and um, I think we've uh, we've pretty much touched on everything with Jack Um, and I think it's about time to catch up with what's everyone else up to? <laughs> um, which it's interesting in this episode, there's really no uh, B story, really no, you know, other big um, uh, line through line through it. It's just kind of a lot of little interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, to me, as I was watching it, the thing, the theme emerged, of course, there's water. The main issue is they need to get water, but you kind of see everything breaking down um, without, you know, leadership, without Jack there. Um, People are getting a little edgy toward each other, starting to turn on each other. Uh, We see the, like the interaction between Sawyer and Shannon, where um, clearly nothing good going on there. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) He's trying to basically extort her to give her some, uh, Flea spray or whatever.
0: Yeah. Um, I forget even what it was, but
1: yeah. Sand ticks. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I love the line light comma sticks. That's, (laughs) I mean, that's just classic Sawyer right there. Um, but, um, then there's, um, a lot of, a lot of other things going on. I think the, the scene with Kate and Saeed with Locke, where, um, Locke is saying that, uh, They said someone stole the water and Saeed points out, keeping it all in one place, foolish. Um, Mm -hmm. There's the clear result of Jack not taking the lead there. Hurley and Charlie didn't know what to do, so eh, the water got pinched. Mm
2: -hmm. And as of
1: course we find out later, it's Boone, which I think it's Boone, right? Boone actually did take the water. I mean, there's because there is the part where he says that uh, Jack was bringing water back which made me think, oh, wait, is it just Jack bringing water back for Claire and there's a misunderstanding there? But no, after that, he says someone had to take charge. It would have, you know, he kind of starts saying that, yeah, I took the water because I felt it was the right, you know, for everyone.
0: Yeah, and it, it I think he said something like, I, I took it, but then it it escalated and everything's got out of hand. You know, like I, he was going to bring yeah. water to Claire earlier, but then... Uh, okay you know, like you were saying, because no one was in charge, things got really out of hand and heated. And so then, um, yeah, Boone, (laughs) Boone just kind of awkwardly was like, well, uh, I'll just sneak her some water later and somehow that will be okay. You know?
1: Yeah. And I think it's, you know, there's a lack of, there's no leadership and there's also a lack of communication between Mm -hmm. people. Um, I've noticing throughout there's the scene, which I thought was really nice between Charlie and Claire, you know, when Charlie basically, when Claire basically thanks Charlie for, you know, actually talking to her, looking her in the eyes. And she says, people don't look me in the eyes here. I think I scare them. Um, clearly there's just people aren't living together. There's that phrase again. Interesting. Um, but uh, Charlie looks at her dead in the eyes and says, you don't scare me, which is really sweet.
0: Oh uh, yeah. I love this that scene. Little moment
1: there. Yeah. Really sets up their relationship. Well, I think, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. And then there's Sawyer, the whole thing with Sawyer. They think he stole the water and uh, I just, the moment where he, after they interrogate him and basically find out he didn't, he throws the sheriff's badge to Kate. He says, Seeing if the new sheriff seeing as you're the new sheriff in town might as well make it official um just kind of a uh we're seeing martial law take place basically now mm-hmm. you know Sawyer's pointing that out it's like we're all turning on each other it's it's getting ugly um as only Sawyer can and mm-hmm. there's no leadership there's no communication it's all breaking down
0: uh, and Sawyer identifies in this episode kind of two new roles for people because he he identifies, um, you know, kind of Kate and and maybe in addition, Saeed together, you know, as, as kind of like the sheriffs, you know, the the ones in charge. And then he also uh, identifies Boone as the new number one most hated guy or whatever yeah. <laughs> at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of interesting as, as all these side interactions are happening. You know, like we were yeah. saying earlier, Sawyer can take in all the dynamics going on and he just gives people nicknames or, or assigns them a role that is actually very accurate, but um, you know, he does it in a, in his classic sarcastic way. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's just kind of funny how they, the writers use um, Sawyer as kind of the vehicle to explain like, yeah, this is what's going on here. Um, even though he's kind of despicable as he's, as he's doing it in, in some ways,
1: but he has an knack for pointing out the types yeah, you know, mm-hmm. Sawyer defines people very easily. So, yeah, it's mm-hmm. the con man in him. Um, but yeah, we have that, and then I think the last interesting one I wanted to point out was the Jin and Sun interactions we get. We get two Jin and Sun scenes in this episode, and of course, Jin and Sun will be we'll get to know them a lot better next week when we talk mm-hmm. about House of the Rising Sun. Um, but. In this episode, I think it, I, the, the really interesting um, thing that you notice in that the first scene between the two of them, where Sun is saying to Jen basically, um, people don't interact with us. I think we need to make a more of an effort to communicate. Um, it's interesting on the rewatch. If you watch it the first time, and you think, okay, it's just the two people who don't speak the language um, struggling. Um, but as we find out, Sun does speak the language. Um, and as you watch it this time, you go, you realize Sun is really frustrated because at one point she (laughs) says, I don't think anyone's coming. And Jin says, someone's coming. And she, and the look on the the actress's face, it's brilliant. Um, because she knows she's, I'm sure she's been listening into people. They're saying that they were a thousand miles off course. That's the only way you could know that if you speak the language and she's like, yeah, no one's coming. I can't tell him that though. He still thinks we're, we're going to get <laughs> rescued. Um, just kind of a fascinating moment. And I thought she played it really well, son. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I
0: mean, you, you could just, just imagine son, you know, if, if they had kept that storyline of her not, you know, pretending to not know English for like a very long time, just imagine her saying to Jen, like, Oh, I, I feel like they say this word a lot, and I feel like that probably means this, you know, <laughs> and trying to yeah. subtly like play off like she's learning English, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. oh my gosh, that would be so infuriating! My goodness. Mm-hmm.
1: And you see, you know, the, the the thing about these scenes is that Sun wants to wants to connect with other people, but she's tethered to Jin, who says, "We we don't need anyone else. I'll tell you what to do." Um, we see that already the dynamic between the two she wants to be free and he's kind of holding her back um which we'll get into that more as we actually mm-hmm. do see the the dynamic play out um but so yeah just an interesting interaction between the two of them and then of course it's resolved at the end by son thanking jin for getting her water um and that's what husbands do so it's kind of sweet it's the same jin, jin means well
0: yeah, yeah. i I like the fact that they included that because it, it makes him a little bit more of a human character before they even do their whole, the episode of, of the two of them. Um, and shows, you know, he's, he's not, he's not just a, you know, a guy who is mean to his wife. He's not just a controlling guy, but there is an element of him saying like, like, Oh, I, I'm doing some of this stuff because I, actually believe that is my role and that is how mm-hmm. I show my care for you and my love, you know? And, um, it is just kind of an interesting, I, I love how they incorporated that into the episode and just kind of a one line, you know, that shows, Oh, there's more going on here than just simply, Oh, he's a controlling guy. Um, before we even get their, their own, you know, kind of standalone episode.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yep. So we'll get into the origin and son next week, of course. And so that should be fun. But so amidst all this chaos, you know, yeah. it, it climaxes in, you know, they're going to be basically, as Jack puts it, they're going to crucify Boone for taking the water. Um, and of course, Jack shows up <laughs> just at the right time um, and delivers the speech <laughs> of the show. Right? <laughs> This is, I oh mean, what gosh, can you say yes. about the, this speech? <laughs> it's, it's, it gives you chills. I mean, give me chills every time I watch it. Um, it's a great, great moment. Um,
0: the, the but, whole thing uh, from start to finish. I mean, even just the way Jack says, begins it and says, you know, it's, it's been six days. And then he continues on with, with his speech from there. Um, just such a mm-hmm. good, uh, summary of everything that's been happening in this episode and now that he's beaten the crap out of that coffin jack with with a clear mind can come up and just say here's here's what we need to do you know and Mm -hmm. and yeah just so so well written so well delivered and perfect for setting up a lot of the themes that will be going on for the rest of the series
1: and I think it the you know, it's a great line for the whole series, obviously. At a macro level, live together, die alone. That's that's loss. That's they gotta learn to live together. They gotta, you know, otherwise it's and we see it throughout. There's the some people learn to live together, some do die alone. Um, but I think it's also in the the level of the episode, I do think this episode brilliantly built to that in Jack's own storyline because we see him kind of grappling with his father, the passing of his father who died alone. Um, and I think that uh, that really he he's basically, this is Jack mourning the loss of his father um, because we, I, I don't think we think about it very often, but the, the fact is Jack's dad died right before he got on the plane. He found his, he, basically came found out his father died and then he got on the plane he's known his father has been dead for like a week um and i don't think he's Mm -hmm. had a chance to even mourn him um so and in in mourning him in this episode he he came to realize the lesson is that we i can't do what my father did and go off on my own or i'm gonna die like he did so um Mm -hmm. but uh
0: i i love that uh, yeah, I love that um, analysis of it because it's like, yeah, we forget that that happened so so soon before he um, before the crash, and it yeah it gives context to that speech that we often remember out of context. I I forgot that it was even in this episode until it began to happen, mm-hmm. but um, I love. I love the fact that, yeah, it's coming from this place of uh, a guy who lost his dad and through this journey in this episode kind of comes to the place of, you know, being able to grieve that, to to move beyond it and say, like, it's done. Uh, I can move past it now. Um, and the conclusion he reaches there is that we need each other uh, in order mm-hmm. to survive, to, to find that we can live, you know, we actually need to live together too. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that puts it in a really good light and um, can easily be forgotten when, when you just remember that phrase that they'll throw around a lot from, from then on live together, die alone. Um, But yeah, Mm -hmm. just a, just a great scene.
1: Yeah. I do think it's important, you know, that's, it's like you're saying, great scene, but the, the little tag we get on the end after that, Um, where Jack and Kate have their second interaction of the episode. The first interaction ended with, you know, Kate trying to reach out to Jack and Jack pushing her away, basically, and saying, I got to go do stuff. Um, (laughs) This scene, um, Kate asks him, what'd you do today, Jack? And Jack starts it off with a normal Jack answer with, I just had to work some stuff out. But then he does open up to her at the end and he says, Mm. my father died. And I think that shows that, it, jack's not just making a speech and not living it out he makes the speech and then yeah i can i can tell someone about this now i'm gonna you know communicate um which i think is a nice little thing at the end that's a little bit of a ray of hope for jack where you know i'm not gonna mm-hmm. be this loner like my father was who just runs ran away i'm gonna reach out to kate so mm-hmm. um,
0: I love that. And yeah, it brings it back to like, it's a it, it feels like a very beautiful, small, you know, ending to the episode of him being able to to open up and just say, you know, I'm sorry about that, too. You know, when she says, I, I'm sorry uh, about your dad, he says, I'm yeah. sorry, too. And then it ends. And yeah, just such a such a beautiful way to end this episode that was really I feel like a lot of it was just this journey for Jack, like almost entirely like an internal journey for him. Um, Mm -hmm. And it ends with him being able to, to lead people, but also open up to someone else at least a little bit here. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's, he's done raging. He's Matthew Fox can simmer down a little bit now and uh, (laughs) he can, uh, he can lay low again for a little bit and, Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I, just a, just a great finale to a great episode. And the first episode that ends with, um, it's not the actual track, uh, titled Mm -hmm. life and death, but Mm -hmm. it's the theme that they use in, in that song that gets used, uh, throughout so much of the series and so many, so many, uh, poignant moments for the series. Uh, Michael Giacchino again, gets a shout out. So good.
1: A beautiful theme. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, yeah, I will. There's one thing. Yeah, I, I like you brought up that I'm sorry, I'm sorry, too. Uh, I do think just to put a bit more attention at the very end, that line that where Kate says, I'm sorry, and then Jack says, I'm sorry, too. And Kate kind of looks at him at the very end. I kind of noticed that where she kind of gives him an odd look. Like, why would you say I'm sorry, too? Hmm. Uh, where it's almost like he's saying, and I kind of interpreted it as Jack says, Jack still, he's because obviously there's not complete resolution yet. There's still a lot more to go with Jack. He's, I, I'm sorry too, because he still feels responsible for his father's death. It's kind mm. of, maybe you could look at it that way. I hate that. I hate to twist You know, <laughs> in for a landing there. Um, nice. But of course this is lost. So, you know, you always got the womp or you either got the beautiful ending, which we did get in this episode. Very pleasant, but you know, that, that is one thing I know. I don't know if that's, if I'm grasping at straws there, but I did, well, I did find it interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, I think, I think it's a, it's an episode with a lot of, like we were saying, you know, I feel like there's a lot of different, ways you can look at this episode and I love that. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think there's definitely a sense of like he has arrived at a new place from where he was at the beginning of the episode. But, yep. um, but, you know, I feel like, I feel like there's something there with what you're saying though, that he, he is sorry in that regard as well as, you know, just being sorry that his dad is no longer alive He's yeah. sorry, you know, that he could not have done more um, yeah. because that's going to be a driving factor for him <laughs> from here on out. So
1: mm-hmm. good old Jack, <laughs> you know, this guy, he is intense. <laughs> um, well, I think that about, uh, about covers it for good old White Rabbit, a classic episode of Lost, if there ever was one. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Thanks again for talking with me about this. It was a good time as always, my friend, my brother, my brother.
0: Of course. Yeah. Always happy to, happy to talk lost with you.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll have some more lost to talk when we join you next time for house of the rising sun. The the first gen and son episode should be a good old time. We're going to have a lot of subtitles to decipher. Um, (laughs) It's going to be great. Yeah. But, uh, until then, we will see you in another, in another episode, brothers. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.